Chapter twenty four of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee, Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part two, by Francois Rene de Chateaubriand, chapter twenty four. London from April till September, eighteen twenty two. An Iroquois, the Sachem of the Onondagas. Veling and the Franks, Ceremonies of Hospitality, Ancient Greeks. Next day I went to pay a visit to the Sachem of the Onondagas. I reached his village about ten o'clock. I was immediately surrounded by groups of young savages who spoke to me in their native tongue, mixed with English phrases and a few French words. They made a great noise, and exhibited the same joyful appearance which the first Turks did, whom I since saw at Coron, on my landing in Greece. These Indian tribes, surrounded by the clearings of the white men, possess horses, flocks, and herds. Their huts are supplied with domestic utensils, purchased on the one side at Quebec, Montreal, and Detroit, and on the other in the markets of the United States. In passing through the interior of North America, there are found among the different savage tribes the same forms of government as are known among civilized nations. The Iroquois belonged to a race which appeared destined to conquer the Indian tribes, had not foreigners interfered to exhaust their resources and to arrest their power this intrepid man showed no signs of astonishment or fear when firearms were used against him for the first time he stood as firm amidst the whistling of balls and the roar of artillery as if the sounds had been familiar to him all his life and he paid no more attention to them than to the rolling of a thunderstorm as soon as he procured a musket he learned to make better use of it than a european he never abandoned his club his scalping knife and his bow and arrows but to these he added the carbine pistol dagger and axe he appeared never to have arms enough to content his valour thus doubly armed with the murderous weapons of europe and america his head adorned with bunches of feathers his ears cut his arms tattooed and stained with blood this champion of the new world became as formidable to look upon as to fight against on the shores which he defended foot to foot against the attacks of the invaders the sachem of the onondagas was in all strictness of language an old iroquois his person was a record of the traditions of the olden time of the desert in all the english accounts the indian sachem is called the old gentleman this old gentleman however was completely naked he had a feather or fishbone passed through the cartilage of the nose and on his shaven head as round as a cheese he sometimes wore a three-cornered hat in honour of european civilization has not very written history with the same fidelity Chilperic, the leader of the Franks, rubbed his hair with rancid butter. Infundens acido comam butiro, daubed his cheeks with green paint, and wore an extraordinary jacket or plaid made of the skins of wild beasts. He is, however, represented by Veli as a prince, magnificent even to ostentation in his furniture and equipage, voluptuous even to debauchery, and entertaining scarcely any belief in God, whose ministers were the objects of his ridicule the sachem of the onondagas received me well and made me sit down on a mat he spoke english and understood french whilst my guide was acquainted with iroquois his conversation was easy among other things the old man told me that although his nation had always been at war with mine he had always esteemed it he made complaints of the americans whom he regarded as unjust and covetous expressing his regret that in the partition of the country the lot of his nation had not fallen to the english the women served up a repast hospitality is the last virtue left to the savages in the midst of european civilization it is known how sacred it was in olden times when the hearth had all the power of the altar when a tribe was driven from its native woods or a man came to ask hospitality 
the stranger began what was called the suppliant's dance a child touched the threshold of the door and said behold a stranger and the chief replied child bring the man into the hut the stranger entering under the protection of the child went and sat down by the ashes on the hearth the women then sung the song of consolation the stranger has found again a mother and a wife the sun shall rise and set for him as before these customs appear to have been borrowed from the greeks themistocles on going to the house of admetus embraces his penates household gods and the young son of his host i may perhaps when at megara have trampled on the hearth of the poor woman under which lay hidden the cinerary urn of phocion and ulysses in the house of alcinous thus entreats arete noble arete daughter of rexenor i throw myself at your feet after having suffered many evils when he had spoken these words the hero retired and went to sit down on the ashes of the hearth i took my leave of the aged sachem who had been present at the taking of quebec the episode of the war in canada afforded some consolation in the shameful annals of the reign of louis the fifteenth it appeared like a page of our ancient history discovered in the tower of london Montcalm, without supplies charged with the duty of defending canada against forces frequently reinforced and four times as numerous as his struggled with success for two years he defeated lord rawdon and general abercrombie at length however fortune forsook him he fell wounded under the walls of quebec and two days after he breathed his last his grenadiers buried him in a trench scooped out by a bomb a grave worthy of the honour of our arms his noble enemy wolf fell at the same place he paid for the fall of montcalm the penalty of his own life and had the glory of dying on french colours End of chapter twenty four